Hey everybody and welcome to episode 98 of Metallicast, the Metallica podcast. I'm your host and fellow Metallica fan. My name is Brandon. I am joined today by a first-time guest of the podcast. He is an author. He has written for numerous things, Alternative Press, Loudwire, Metal Ejection, Metal Sucks. And of course, um, the main reason why he's here on this show, uh, he wrote a book, Metallica, the $24.95 book. Um and uh, he also has an upcoming body count book coming out, so I'm looking forward to talking to him today. Welcome to the show, Mr. Ben Apatoff. Ben, how are you? Thank you. It's good to be here. How are you? Good, thanks. Um, that That's the, uh, you know, we already said our greeting off mic, and now we have to do the fake greeting on mic. You know how it works. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, the book now, your Metallica book, that is, is, uh, is a couple years old, came out in 2021. Um, I think better late than never having you on the show. Um, but you know, it's also a perfect time to have you on the show because there's so much going on now in the world of Metallica. Um, and you know, that's one of my favorite things about the band and why I do podcasts about them is because there's 40 plus years of history to talk about plus what's going on nowadays. Cause there's still a current relevant band, which is really cool. But before we get to all that, I want to start at the beginning, the beginning for you anyways, like what was, what is your Metallica story? How did you first hear of the band and get into them? Well, I'm a nineties kid, so I grew up with the hits like, you know, black album load and reload and stuff. Like yeah. That. Same. Um, I was, you know, nineties rock radio was, uh, was kind of raised me for a little bit. And I, uh, but my first Metallica CD was kill them all. Cause that's what was available to me at, um, the UCD store where I bought five dollar cd <laughs> nice yeah, yeah I, if it wasn't on the radio i wasn't going to hear it if i yeah. couldn't you know i didn't have an income so i was dependent on that so I, i'd read about kill Mall. i knew it was supposed to be like heavy and scary and great as music fanatic already at, like, yeah um, middle school but uh so i got it i took it home you know it's got that great picture of them on the back i, I loved it yeah. um i was too young to understand why somebody who liked kill Mall would not like the black album right so i had not yet found that whole kind of gatekeeper like you know you know you can't like my band thing so right. ignorance was, is bliss right yeah exactly <laughs> well you know they're you know they're both heavy and they're both catchy yeah and they're right so they've got great lyrics so um yeah i loved kill them all i'd also say that um they were i loved metallica but it took years for them to become like my guys the way they are now like hmm. and, you know, other bands were like my crushes and metallica was like my life partner right? like, <laughs> you know I, I woke up like 10 years later and was like this is always like here for me and this always yeah. is and you know, sometimes i get more into like classic rock or punk or sure. you know you know different forms of metal or like industrial or something and then like it was years later i was like you know what metallica are really just like always my guys and yeah. um so it just became like a long time thing from there it's funny because i am also a 90s kid and um, mm-hmm. I, I, I've said this before on the podcast, but I my, I always joke, and this is it's not a joke, it's it's true, but it's funny. Uh, you know, when most old school metalheads saw Load and saw the, you know, the back cover of them in suits, sipping cocktails and smoking cigars, people were like, this is not Metallica. What the hell is this? Sellouts and yada, oh, yeah. yada, yada. But for me, my introduction to the band was the Black Album. And then Load came out when I was in sixth grade. So I was like, you know, perfect age to devour and enjoy that album. And then it was not till after that that I went back to the old stuff. And Kill 'Em All was the first, um, you know, old album that I bought by them. And I remember looking at the back cover of Kill 'Em All, like you mentioned, and the back cover of Load. And I had the opposite reaction. I go, "That's not Metallica." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's really funny to look at now too when they're like kids, and you're like, you know, because right. you know, you see when you're kids, you're like, wow, look at those big tough guys, and you look at now, and you're like, those are children, you know. But, <laughs> yeah. um, Why is his voice so high? <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, yeah, I, I, I love his voice on that, but um, yeah, I, I understand a lot of it's like the time you find them, and you know, um, I'll still talk to older fans who'll be like, yeah, we all crowd around the TV for Enter Sandman, we're like, uh oh, like, they sound like now, and. Uh, <laughs> And, you know, I, one thing I mentioned in the book is a few years ago, I was working at um, Alt in My Hands, the uh, the charity I do. I try to volunteer with them every year. Nice. And I was working with this college kid, and he's like, dude, you saw Metallica on the Death Magnetic Tour. What was that like? <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like, you know yeah. 
He's like, you know, Master Puppets is classic, but you understand, Death Magnetic is me. That's like my identity as a metalhead. And yeah. like, you know, yeah, a yeah. lot of it is just that horrible special time when you find them. Right. Well, that's why I always ask that question to first time guests because I, I've discovered that everybody has, you know, a different entry point. It's really interesting, you know, mm-hmm. like, uh, whether it, you know, I was there the first club show ever in San Francisco, oh, yeah. or like you said, I, I had a guess. He was like, yeah, death magnetic was my first Metallica album. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, we all have our own entry point into, uh, you know, this thing that we all enjoy, but the gate, the gatekeepers just need to like, you know, sit down once in a while and yeah. have a drink and relax, you know, but yeah. Yeah, you're not like a fake fan. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. I can't help that I'm. Uh, I can't help my age and when I discovered the band. I can't help that I was a little kid and Inter Salmon was playing on MTV. If I oh, could yeah. go back in time and live to the Cliff Burton years, you know, I was one when he passed. If, if I could go back in time, I would, but I can't. So, it is what it is. <laughs> oh, totally, yeah. You know, um, I, I did my my book signing for the book, and you know, I have my author trick, which is I I ask your favorite album. And they can kind of personalize it based on that. Where it's right. like, you know, what's favorite? You know, Black Album, okay, wherever you may roam, you know, for you. Or yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> I think, okay, uh, so let it be written to you. First person at the signing, this woman comes up, my favorite record is Reload. I'm like, oh, okay, Reload, what, what, what's, what's your, that's got some hits, what's your song? And she goes, The Bad Seed. I'm like, everybody's got a different Metallica, you know? <laughs> yeah. Everyone's, I was like, that's so cool, right? But yeah, yeah. Everybody has a different entry there. Yeah, for sure. And so, I, I'm curious, you know, you're, you, you, you said, you know, Metallica is a band that's always been there for you and you, you go off and listen to punk or whatever. And same with me, you know, I think, I, I think that's the case with most people. I, I'm, I'm asking this because they were for me, was Metallica kind of like a gateway band for you into a lot of these different genres and artists that maybe you checked yeah. out later down the road? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, because I started getting more into metal and more into punk and, um, you know, Metallica, back then you'd never heard anything like once in a great while you heard one but you never right. heard anything before that on the radio right um, and I remember, like years later i was interning at a radio station it's like oh now they're playing like you know you know master puppets on the radio yeah. but um <laughs> but so that was like a connection to where i was like getting into more metal and punk and crowds and it's like they're into like the more not on the radio stuff like anthrax and slayer and stuff like that and i was like Cool, I love this stuff. But also, like Metallica is like my kind of like connection to this because right. like they have the kind of underground years and their um and their big years. And yeah, they were a, a big gateway band, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing I've also learned from writing the book is that everybody has a Metallica story. And mm-hmm. you tell people, Oh, you know, my wife loves Metallica, you know, my kids love you know, everyone has right. some sort of connection there. So they're just kind of like a universal talking point where everybody has a way to talk about Metallica. Yeah. Even if nobody even if the person cannot name anything else about metal. They know the name Metallica. They know the song that you're saying, man. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. so it's you know, it, it is definitely a connector. They've they they've transcended over into uh uh I'm sorry everybody, they transcend into pop music and they are uh you know, they're they're part of popular culture. Yeah, I mean, you know, one point I make in the book is that I think that they're um they're outsiders in the mainstream. You know, they're mm-hmm. they're one of the biggest musical acts of all time, one of the biggest acts in the world, but you know, I think it's unlikely that they'll ever play the Super Bowl. They're not going to yeah. play the Academy Awards. They don't get invited to the White House. You know, they don't get the sort of, um, they don't get the same kind of prestige that like a U2 or Taylor Swift would get. But, sure. um, but they're, they're, yeah, they're very much in the main. They're easily one of the biggest fans ever. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, look at what they're doing now, right? With two nights in stadiums and selling out. Yeah. But like you said, you know, NFL will not touch them for the halftime show, and maybe that's for the better. I'm just saying, but <laughs> yeah, that's not really the best use of their of their talents. But I mean, yeah. I would hell yeah, I'd watch it. But um, <laughs> of yeah, course, uh, I've got tickets to both nights. I'm going to be going to uh, both shows in New Jersey. Oh, I'll be there. I'll be there. Oh, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Are you in? Are you in? Where are you in New York, New Jersey? I'm in New York. I'm in Brooklyn. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. I used to live in Brooklyn. Like and then I uh, I'm in uh, Connecticut now. Um, so I went, I went Brooklyn to Stanford and I just recently moved outside of Stanford, but I worked in the city for years. So yeah, I lived in Bay Ridge in Brooklyn for a number of years and, uh, yeah, so I'll be at the New Jersey show. So great. I'll see you there. Yeah. I got the, um, so I got, uh, tickets for New Jersey this year and then, uh, Massachusetts for next summer. And so for Massachusetts, I got field. 
but for New Jersey, I got uh, I'm 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 up in the nosebleeds, but okay. it'll be a good time. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm on the floor for that. So yeah. I'll be, but I also don't have Massachusetts yet, so I'm I'm you know maybe I'll be in the in the uh, seats for that. But. Yeah, it was like a what it's funny when I was in the uh, queue for tickets, um, you know, like I got through to Massachusetts right away, probably because it was like a year out, and. Yeah was able to lock down those tickets and then the best available that popped up for New Jersey were like in the three hundreds. I was like, I'll grab them. And my wife will be a little bit less upset with me because it's a little bit less money after spending hundreds of dollars this morning. So, so yeah, so you have all these, uh, interests in music. How do you get into writing and, um, you know, and, and find your, I don't want to call it a niche, but find kind of your passion in, uh, music journalism. Well, um, the bands I loved weren't getting written about. I remember, you know, I was in a college with kids who predominantly loved like indie rock, which which I love too. But um, yeah, like I remember like Pitchfork didn't even cover Dimebag Daryl getting killed, and yeah. you know, Rolling Stone wouldn't give. I mean, the metal was like kind of like, Metallica was kind of like their token metal band. But um, so I was like, the bands that like, aren't getting covered. So I started writing about it, and maybe I sort of arrogantly thought, you know, I could do this better than. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, you know, I loved it, and it was um, it was uh, fun for me to write about. It was kind of a – I um, right out of college, had kind of a cushy job that let me sit at a computer all day and, you know, ask them to let me do things. And very, very pre-recession job, so I you know, would <laughs> blog and write that for Mel Injection and stuff. I, uh, I didn't really – I was a big Metallica fan, and I wrote about them a lot. But I didn't really think about the kind of book that I wanted to write about them until – I talked to and read Rob Sheffield, who's the uh, Rolling Stone writer. He right. gave me my book for the book. Um, I actually got to do a debate with him about Metallica when I first met him. But, um, <laughs> but he wrote something, and I'm going to paraphrase it, but he's writing about the Beatles. And he said, um, for years, bands have so- sort of um, styled themselves as the sort of more badass alternative to the Beatles, right? Like, where, where are the Stones? Where are the Zeppelin? We're the Sex Pistols. We're tougher than the Beatles. We're meaner than the Beatles. We're cooler than the Beatles. And yet none of those bands piss people off as much as the Beatles do. And I read that and I was like, that's Metallica. Yeah, yeah. You know, every band comes, you know, we're Megadeth, we're Slayer, we're Death Metal, we're Pantera, we're, we're, you know, Technical Death Metal, we're Black Metal. No one pisses people off as much as Metallica, (laughs) right? And all these bands market themselves as like, we're, we're, you know, not those posers Metallica, we're tougher and meaner than Metallica. yeah. You guys don't have nearly the amount of like you know just influence or impact or and i was like that's and and you know like when they get uh older where they should be pissing off people less they're pissing off people even more and <laughs> yeah. I, I love that that they're still like you know throwing stuff like lulu out and that they're yeah. still and i just i i love how how angry they make people and i um yeah. so i was like that's what i want to write about i want to write about why um you know why this band matters and like there were you know, there are biographies and fact books and, you know, there's Metallica and philosophy, which I like, which was more of the kind of thing I wanted to write. But um, I didn't really have the Metallica book I wanted to write. So I was like, I, I need to do this. And um, so I, I did. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting that you say that. Um, the book, if I'm not mistaken, it really dives yeah. into kind of all facets of what makes the band tick. Yeah. Um you know, this is going to sound horribly pretentious, so forgive me, but um, I, you know, when I pitched the book, I said, I don't want this to be a fact book, right? I don't want it to be just stuff you can look up on the internet or get any other Metallica book. Sure. And um, when I started writing it, I started to struggle because I'm a nerd and I like facts <laughs> and started turning into a fact book, right? And I'm like, oh no, what am I going to do? And then around the time I reread Moby Dick, which is like the big wonderful book to me and it was Melville's 200th birthday so I'm just like I'm just gonna pick it up again it's been many years and that made me think more about the kind of Metallica book I need to write because that book has the fact chapters the story chapters the philosophy chapters the character chapters and I was like okay take a step back take a breath you're gonna write the fact chapters the character chapters Hmm. you know the story chapters the philosophy you know what's the philosophy of Metallica what are the you know the politics of Metallica what's the religion of Metallica and what's the who is Kirk? Who is James? Who is Lars? You know, how are these people changing? And, and I was like, okay, so this is like the Moby Dick Metallica book, right? right. And I, I know it's not Moby Dick, but I'm, <laughs> but I, 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 I'm like that kind of a Metallica. Yeah. Book 
That's a really interesting approach. And just to circle back to a couple of the things you, you mentioned, you know, um, right now in Metallica land, it's an exciting time to be a fan. You know, we, uh, we already mentioned the tour. We have the new album. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I was thinking when you were talking about them pissing people off, even when they come out with an album that is like, in my opinion, balls to the wall, like heavy, aggressive, fast, like the type of album people have been begging for. Uh-huh. people find a reason to uh, complain. You know, the, yeah. the complain about the guitar solos, complain about um, uh, the the riffs. Like, they, I, I'm not sure there's any band, and that's okay if the album's not for you, but it, it's the, the amount of uh, nitpicking and it just how every release is just goes under this microscope by everybody interested it's really kind of fascinating it is fascinating and um yeah people are just going to complain no matter what i mean if they made a record as different as lulu people would be furious if they made a record like hardwired again people are like they just you know sound like the other stuff right yeah um, damned if you do damned if you don't so yeah exactly people are just going to complain no matter what And that's a good you know way to sort of uh approach the music that like you're, you know they're not trying to please people and just people yeah. are getting, you know get annoyed you know one point i make in the book is that you know there's this kind of debate among metalheads like do you want to be metallica or slayer or you know metallica or acdc you want to be that band that does one thing very well again right. and again or the band that throws out some curveballs doesn't always do it you know as well as they as they usually do but you know is uh always trying different things yeah and the case i make is that you need both right like that new acdc comes out i am so happy they're so reliable sounds right. just like all the other ones yeah. you know they lost malcolm and they're still kicking ass still rolling yeah metallica something totally different not always you know the record i was hoping for but it's always something and i love that you know some bands yeah. i go to for reliability metallica is not one of those bands i go to for uh to be shocked to be excited yeah. for those albums so yeah, I agree. Um, but yeah, I, I love 72 seasons and, uh, you know, seeing people who, you know, would complain that, you know, oh, they abandoned thrash. Now they're like, oh, it just sounds like the other ones. And, yeah. Uh, and, <laughs> yeah. They're going to complain Yeah, I, uh, I think that, um, you know, that's one of the reasons why I like the band is that when a new Metallica album comes out, I, I know it's going to sound like Metallica, right? They have that signature crunch. They have... You know, the it's gonna sound like Hetfield on vocals, and they have such a signature sound that they're never gonna truly escape that. But what they do with that sound is unexpected, and and that I appreciate. Whether you know, are they going to do full out thrash? Are they gonna do you know slow and groovy? Are they going to do you know country western? Or are they gonna do Lulu? I have no clue. But at the end of the day, it it's you can tell it's Metallica. But the direction they take their sound is, you know, always fascinating to me. Yeah. You know, um, Johnny Rotten has a quote. He said, uh, people always want to see me dressed punk rock because I'm Johnny Rotten. But what they don't understand is it's all punk if I'm wearing it. Right. Right. And yeah. that's kind of how I feel about Metallica's music where, like, you know, people say it's, you know, it, it's metal if Metallica's doing it. Right. You know, this is Lulu. It's not metal record. No, it's the way that Metallica's reinventing metal. You know, yeah. Bill Maul comes out. This is a hardcore record. What are you calling yourself? No, this is Metallica reinventing metal, right? Like, oh, there, there's acoustic guitars on, you know, on Master Puppet and Ride the Lightning. This right. Is, you know, no, this is, you know, it's, it's on MTV. No, this is Metallica bringing metal to MTV, right? So I think that if, uh, yeah. if Metallica does it, it's metal. It's, it's, it's reshaping metal, right? Mm-hmm. Now, you've mentioned um, Lulu a few times, and uh, obviously that's a go-to record sort of for uh, – talk about outside the box um i've i've spent a good amount of time on this podcast actually talking about this album um kristen sc who we were talking about before recording because you guys have a mutual friend um she came on and did a i think it was like a two-hour discussion analysis of this album and then that was followed up by like another two-hour episode i did with Stuart herwood who is uh lou reed's guitar tech and was present oh, wow. for the full uh, recording of the album. So uh-huh. 
and it i mean the whole episode with him is him just talking and me listening and it's fantastic um i always say the less of me the better but um uh, no he keeps talking and it's amazing and that he goes into you know um the I am the table controversy and why he, he he puts up a good argument in defense of the record and the integrity behind the record. But I'm interested since you mentioned a few times and there's what, what's your thoughts on Lulu, the personal Ben Apatow thoughts of Lulu? Well, I guess I was listening to you talk about it um, on your show earlier. So it's kind of on my mind. Um, I love Lulu. Um, I yeah. didn't love it at first. I, uh, I know a lot of people don't like it. I don't, inflicted on anyone i'm not (laughs) hey check this out yeah i'm also just like not in the point of like you know oh just haven't heard the right song yet right yeah uh, right i I have a saved text from my partner um from when i was writing the book being like what are you listening to that's the worst thing i've ever heard and i'm the lulu chapter and listening to lulu and i I love lulu i love lou reed i um i love the lulu plays i think it's such a you know a brave weird record i think it's getting um kind of a i think people are coming around to it you know, I know yeah. David Bowie, but uh i went to go see the armed who's this like crazy like cool you know artsy punk rock band and when they show ended they left the stage to junior dad oh wow and, um, you cool. know a song you know howard stern loves that song um uh warren ellis who's a nick cave's uh oh yeah i love nick cave yeah he's one of my favorites and um warren Ellis has a new book out uh about um nina simone's gum and the epigraph is from lulu oh wow uh, so people are coming around on that record and uh yeah david bowie loved it too bowie was on record too of saying yeah yeah we loved it um yeah, it's. A, I understand it's a jarring record. I, you know, kind of put away when I first heard it. I was like, you know, okay, you know, I, I love both these artists. They tried something, and but I keep coming back to it. I, yeah. I really like. I think it's a brave, crazy, influential record that you know. I, I'm guessing in, you know, ten, twenty years, you're going to see like, you know, classical reinterpretations of it, mm. like full band performances of <laughs> right, it. I yeah. think it's going to get. Sort of the way people treat, you know, Lou Reed records like Berlin or Metal Machine yeah. music that were kind of false at first. I think people are going to kind of come around on Lulu, too. Yeah. It was fascinating when I was recording those episodes because, you know, you always hear the opinions of the Metallica fans, or at least me, and I never really dove into, like, what do Lou Reed fans think of this record? And um, so uh, that's how I got in touch with Stuart, just, like, going on Facebook groups and interacting with people. And, um, you know, and, and for the most part, people were open to talking about it. And it's funny that I found out that the album is just as divisive on that side as it is on the Metallica yeah. side. Like some people were like, oh, you know, Metallica's not a, you know, uh, I've heard, I heard that they were not good musicians or it's just too heavy or aggressive or it just doesn't have any like, you know, subtleness to it or, you know, it, everybody has. And then there were people who really dug it and thought it was one of his best records. So it ran the, you know, the gamut. But it was interesting to hear the, you know, kind of a shared perspective on both sides, especially since it's, I would say it's probably mostly viewed as like a Lou Reed work just with, uh, you know, heavy embellishments, no pun intended by uh, Metallica. Yeah, I think that that's uh, true. I think that, oh, sorry, my cat's coming up on the table. Yeah, I think it, it is uh, often considered more of a Lou Reed record, but uh, I, I love that he went out like that. You know, the last message Lou Reed sent to the world was Lulu, just still offending people, still <laughs> trying new things. You know? Yeah, other people are kind of like rehashing the early success. Lou Reed is looking to the future. He's um, you know, he also is another guy kind of like Metallica who has a history of sort of offending his fan bases. And you know, he sure. has Transformer and he starts wearing makeup and you know, what about the great New York City guy? And you know, he um. And he does metal machine music and does Lulu. So he's he's kind of like Metallica in that regard. He's also like Metallica in that he, um, I think that he viewed rock music as something that should be taken culturally seriously. Like this should be in museums and libraries. This is something that's like, you know, an intelligent work of art, not right. like, you know, like the, the things that people dismissed as in the 50s. But um, yeah, I think it's a awesome record. I actually, uh, if you're ever in New York, you can go to the New York Public Library and look at uh, Lou Reed's archive for Lulu and see like his emails about oh, it. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. And, you know, and his emails back and forth with Q of Prime and about Metallica. But 
yeah, it's a very even among Lou Reed fans, there aren't people like you actually like Lulu, and uh, <laughs> but I I love that they're trying something different yeah. and weird that you know it touches so many people and uh, and it's still offensive. You know, people can't name um, the last uh, big stylistic curveball from any number of huge kind of like American singer songwriters right. or metal bands. Like when's yeah. the last time you know? Won't name names, but when's the last time like you know this huge metal band took like a balls to the wall risk like that? Yeah, I, I love that we're to do that kind of thing. Yeah, I'm I'm hundred I'm hundred percent with you, and I think you know it's starting to find its footing. It's never going to be held on the same pedestal, maybe as Master Puppets or mm-hmm. you know the Black yeah. Album, but it will find it. It's finding its audience, and it will I think yeah. continue to have this like cult following. Um, yeah, and and I think similar to that, also Saint Anger mm-hmm. is starting to find its footing yeah. among the metal fan base and kind of carve out a little uh you know niche for self where people are looking back on that album with a little bit uh um warmer regard i guess yeah you know i uh actually when i started writing the book i wrote in the saint anger chapter about how like people really haven't come around to saint anger and during the process of writing it that chapter changed because i started seeing more and more you know, Phoebe Bridgers loves it. Uh, Rina Samoyama loves it. Uh, I actually have a therapist friend who's like, oh, you're writing a Metallica book? I've got this um, this client, teen boy, like mad at the world, doesn't feel alone and all these feelings, loves Metallica. And he's got his like special Metallica song that's like, this, this is the way I feel about things. And I'm like, what's the song? He's like, well, I forget, I'll ask him. It was the unnamed feeling. Yeah. You know, and um, and so I had to change the book while I was writing it to be like, you know, and I think when I started too, they hadn't played any of the songs from it live in a very long time. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, people are coming back on St. Anger and, yeah. um, and in a way that surprises even me, you know, they're, they became the first, um, rock band. They have to band have a number one rock song in like four different decades because of the orchestral alt in my hands on uh, SNM two. And like that, I'm shocked. Like people yeah. turned it off before we got to all within my hands. Like, <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it's still surprising people. Just the way that Metallica still surprises people. Absolutely. Um, I want to circle back to when you tell. You know, part of the book um, is kind of exploring um, the band members themselves and who they are and how they've changed. And uh, I thought that was interesting too because I was thinking not that long ago, around the release of seventy two seasons, how how much this band has changed. <clears throat> excuse me and um i think that's part of again an, another reason why i'm so drawn to this band is i feel like you know they've they've even though they're older than me by like you know 20 something years or whatever they um they have uh you know i feel like i've grown up with them in a way where um you know I'm an adult, obviously. I'm a, I'm a, and I'm also a father, and you know, and it, and seeing the kind of them take on the world through, you know, new lenses as fathers, and um, and just seeing kind of how their uh personalities have changed, or at least public personas have changed, and um, and and just creating this environment that like. I don't know, like it, it's. I, I'm. I feel fortunate that the band I I loved as a kid is still relevant musically, but also like not getting canceled or anything like that. Like they continue oh, yeah. to grow and evolve and have like this positive outlook on the world and on people. And um, I'm just curious what your views are on that and what kind of what you came to as during the writing of your book in terms of um, who they are and how they might have changed over time. Well, yeah, they do really change over the time. I mean, when you mentioned that, I was thinking about opening up uh, 72 seasons in the liner notes and, like, they look so old. And <laughs> yeah. That's, that's on purpose, you know. Yeah. That they, they, you know those kind of close-up pictures of them, those black and white Lee Jeffries pictures. where Yeah, they're, you know, they're beautiful they're pictures. Old. They're beautiful pictures, right? Yeah. Really, and I'm glad that they're there and they're not, like, you know, they're not, like, dyeing their hair and stuff like that. But they're, yeah, um, yeah. showing their age, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, you also mentioned fatherhood. I think that's a really interesting theme that keeps coming up in Metallica where, you know, you see how like Lars has the father who's too involved and James is the father who's not involved enough. And, um, you know, they, uh, Kirk has stuff too. And then there's, um, Ray Burton, who's so like such a father figure to the guys. And, um, and, uh, yeah, I think that, I mean, one thing I've read in the book, too, is I think that um, age has kind of given them a profound sense about what is and is not important. 
Right. I think that, that kind of offends people when they're like, you know, oh god, they're being silly on like, you know, the Fallon or Kim or something like that. I think that they're you they've been around the world dozens of times, they've seen it all, they've done it all, and they yeah, they I think they have a profound sense about what is and is not important. They're not like so concerned about like, you know, gotta protect the reputation, gotta be like, you know, they're like Sure. We're doing what we want to do. And um and uh yeah, I guess another thing I'd add to that is that um you know, people are like, well, you know, because they're old and because they're rich, you know, why are they doing this? Like, you know, they've got nothing to prove. They've got this legacy. I think that um, another thing Metallica shows again and again is that they need to do this, right? Is that they can't not, you know, you look at some kind of monster and they're at each other's throats and they're creatively, you know, bankrupt and they're losing members and, you know, they're not getting along. Right. And all they want to do is make this record. Like, yeah. any logical person would be like, I'm going to live in my mansion and do whatever I want <laughs> right, yeah. and you talk to these people yeah. again. They're like, no, we need to make the record, right? You know, we, yeah. we, we need to do this. And like, even though they're like yelling at each other and playing <laughs> for it, like, that's all they can think to do, yeah. you know? And that's true. It'd be, it'd be so easy for them to break up. And right. they, they can't because their music is, it's their air. It's their, it's they, they need to make Metallica. Yeah. I always think too, they just seem like they're having fun. You know, like when you, oh, yeah. you talked about the Kimmel stuff and, you know, like in kind of the goofier things they might do during like a press tour or whatever, but they're just having fun. And I think, you know, Absolutely. when you see them on tour, it, it's translated and like they sound great. They're, yeah. and they're, it, it's, you know, I, I remember seeing, um, Aerosmith back in the day and, um, I think it was in middle school and maybe it was just an off show. I was the only time I ever saw them. So I'm not I'm not judging here, but I remember seeing them and even in middle school feeling like they were going through the motions um, and just sort of like, like, you know, they sounded good, but they just did not seem like that interested or invested in it. And it was, and then I remember um, a while ago, a while back going to Metallica show and uh, my wife was with me and, you know, she likes Metallica, but she's not anywhere near the level of, mania that i am um (laughs) and she and we're walking on the show she goes i just cannot believe how um like much they seem to enjoy themselves like she she commented like they they don't seem like they're tired of playing inter salmon yet (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, um whether or not they are they don't act like that right right? and And um, they probably are but they put on a good front you know but yeah, you know, um, Keith Richards has a quote where he's like, people ask if I'm sick of playing Jumpin' Jack Flash. He's like, every time I play it, the crowd goes nuts. How yeah. do I get sick of that? Right? Yeah, you know? That's and, true, um, yeah. I think Metallica kind of has that vibe. And I've, I've seen Aerosmith have on nights and off nights. And I think that, you know, they may have some band drama in there too. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, they do have a uh, have a fun on stage, which I think is part of why they still play stadiums, why they pack... Um, sure why they, you know, draw such a, why they cross over so much. You know, you mentioned bringing yeah. uh, your wife to a show. I remember um, my partner's on Metalhead and I was like, okay, first metal show, um, Iron Maiden. Everybody loves Iron Maiden, right? <laughs> We're Iron Maiden. She's like, you see that's eddie and uh they're blowing shit up and they're, they're like fire that's awesome right? like, okay that's awesome took it to metallica okay i'd go see that again right? yeah you know and it's yeah. like you know because metallica is like faster and heavier and you think that they would be like not as accessible as maiden i mean i mean i know they're bigger but like yeah, I was like, well, everyone likes Iron Maiden because, like, everyone in my metal friends likes Iron Maiden. <laughs> right, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, you see there, like, that Metallica does have that kind of crossover. Yeah. Feel. I'm like, okay, I can see how, like, Metallica would reach someone who would normally, like, go see Iron Maiden, right? And sure. Uh, and, yeah, they do have that sort of, I mean, Maiden has fun on stage, too, but Metallica, yeah, they just have a, have a chemistry on stage. 72 seasons. You mentioned yeah. you like the album. Let's talk about it because I'm... I, I'm, I've not had enough conversations about new Metallica lately, so. Me neither. <laughs> um, besides liking, what are your overall thoughts? Not to put you on the spot, well, but. Um, you know, I, I, even though I'm a huge fan, I temper my expectations with Metallica. So I was just mm-hmm. like, I went to the movie and was like, you know, okay, please don't suck. Please yeah, don't suck. <laughs> I was there I, thinking the same thing. First song, <laughs> pretty good. Yeah, right. Okay, yeah. Second song, good. They're in like around like, you know. Around like you know, too far gone. I like relax. Like, okay. <laughs> but um, I really like it. You know, yeah. um, 
one of the things that stands out to me the most is that um, is that Hardwired and Lulu and Death Magnetic are all sort of mortality themed. Yeah. And I think just came out people are like, oh, Metallica's getting old. What are they thinking about now? Are they retiring? Or are they just like getting old? And 72 seasons is so like youth themed, right? It's so like, you know, right, yeah. Years of your life. So I'm, uh, I'm kind of intrigued about them sort of exploring that part and how that stays with them. And, uh, um, but yeah, the songs are really good. The production's good. The, uh, I like the solos, you know, I mean, I don't know. What Me too. Hang on about. Yeah. Um, they sound yeah, like I Kirk think... Hammett solo. So they sound like Kirk Hammett solos. I mean, Hammett it sounds like, you know, I, yeah. I love um, but uh, don't be surprised he's yeah. using Wah at this point. It's 2023, sure. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, I guess if I had any, I think that um, you know, they, their records often uh go on a little too long. Mm-hmm. I, you know, the, the songs would be a little more succinct, and you know, with this one, I was like, you know, yeah, this could probably be more succinct, but uh, I guess like the last like few records, but um, listening to it again and again, I'm like, you know, I don't know what I would take out, right? Yeah, you know, I would not, you I'm know, with you. The songs are growers, I'm not like, you know. Like I remember, like when I first started, I was like, you know, okay, like one or two of these are, I'd probably take out, but now I'm like, you know, I, I like the way it flows, and yeah. I, uh, that's another thing is I really like the way the record flows. I remember like mm-hmm. hearing the songs and being like, you know, okay, cool, all right, cool, and then you know, hearing the record as a whole, I was like, you know, all right, okay, now like if darkness has a sun and stuff like that are all kind of like really clicking for me, and yeah. in the way that. They kind of did when they came out, but like hearing it as a whole, I was like, you know, okay, this is a really good record. Yeah, I'm with you. Even when um. Some of the singles came out before that. I'm like, when Darkness Had a Sun came out, mm-hmm. I wasn't like immediately like in love with the song. I liked it, yeah. but I wasn't like, you know, it, it, the, I think the album overall for me, even though I enjoyed it upon first listen, it, it, it's such a hard hitting record that it took me like a mm-hmm. few listens to really kind of digest it all, especially since it's so, like yeah. you were saying, it's so long. It's so like, mm-hmm. um, thick in a way to, um, but I really enjoy the record. I think it, I, I agree with you. It has a good flow. You know, like I loved Hardwired to Self Destruct, but like I, if you took out Murder One, I'm not going to miss that song. And to me, this does not have like that song that I would take out. Yeah. I think it doesn't have a Murder One either. Yeah. It's, um, <laughs> and I, I, I love Hardwired. I think that it's such a, um, you know, it, it, I think it shows, you know, the complicated way of loving metallica where like you don't get the good songs without the bad songs you don't get the good without mm. the bad but it's um and the way that it kind of like touches on all sorts of styles i've done but uh yeah i um you, you mentioned having to listen to it a few times to me that's also kind of like an old school way of listening to music because not everything yeah. is streaming and then you can have everything immediately like people hear the first 30 seconds like eh, it kind of sucks i'm not gonna listen to the rest of it but, yeah um, and i'm guilty of that too but and I'm definitely guilty of that too with other yeah, artists, you know. Too, yeah. You know, especially these days. But um, you know, when the Metallica when, when Metallica's first records were coming out, that was in the time where like if you bought the record, you, you were know, stuck like, with it. Started, <laughs> it again, right? Yeah. You know, it's well because I, I paid money for it and like, right. you you invested it, right? It's like it's like a gym membership. Like, yeah. well, I, I invested in it, I'm gonna work out exactly. it. Exactly. Right? So um yeah, you, you buy it like the weekends, you okay, well, first wasn't sold and then I'm like okay well now like you know these songs are starting to click more mm-hmm. and so um i think that 72 seasons is that kind of feel yeah and like you know talking to older metalheads you're like yeah you know i i remember the first time i heard justice i was like well where's the bass and the songs are all kind of long and like you know okay a few listens yeah i, I got a feel for it and it's um or you know people today, you know like uh yeah load came out and you know had that kind of hard rock vibe to it and like you know i guess bleeding me and like they've got some that was so yeah yeah i think that two seasons has that sort of like horror feel to it that um that metallica has been having for a very long time so yeah were you worried when they said there was an 11 minute song on the record junior dad is almost 20 minutes i like junior dad yeah so, yeah, uh, yeah. um i know some people were but uh um yeah i was i was kind of worried for the reception to the record i was like oh, yeah people are gonna like piss on this but um, it's been mostly yeah. positive though from what i've seen you know i have a um a couple of my buddies who are into metal and 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 you know they they like metallica but they're lukewarm on some of the most recent stuff but they're mm-hmm. digging this new record a lot and um you know they've been it's been in heavy rotation for them i know and uh and it seems you know it, it's easy to get sucked into um the hate online, but it seems generally people have been pretty positive about the record. And, uh, uh, and it's just, uh, I, I, I mean, I'm still listening to it weekly 
in, in months later so yeah i uh i really like it i um i haven't quite i think i'd probably put it as the best since the black album but um i don't know yeah I, I also like maybe think it's funny for being as like obsessed and opinionated as metallic as i am i it's often hard for me to like rate the records yes like, what's your favorite records favorite song and i'm like you know boy you know some days it's kill them all some days it's and but it's uh yeah, it is kind of hard for me to do that, but uh, I, I really like 72 seasons. I'm looking forward to hearing it live. I'm not, you know, I'm not only like, nah, I just, they could have filled like an older song with that space. Yeah. I'm, uh, yeah, I really like it. Um, I'm with you. I, I, it's funny. Like I, I would say master pop is my favorite Metallica album, but you asked me after that and like ranking will change depending on the day. Some days oh, yeah. ride the lightning summer two. other days, the black albums number two, because that was the album yeah. that got me into everything, you know? And then, and, I would definitely put like, you know, it out like I have a soft spot for low, that would be probably my top fifty percent and but I think mm-hmm. if without going into specifics, I think seventy two seasons would be in the top fifty percent of like my favorite Metallica records. Um it's definitely in the top half of it and uh and I agree with you. I think it's you know it's funny when Hardwired to self destruct came out I said, This is the best album they've come out with since the black album or at least since mm-hmm. Load. And um now I'm saying that about 72 seasons, so. Yeah, I I think it's it's getting better. I think, you know, I mean, one of the things I write in the book about Hardwired is that, you know, one of the most exciting things about it is that Metallica is still improving, right? Is that, uh, like, the songs are good. And that actually, like, out of all their records, Hardwired is the one that grew on me most when I was writing the book. Like, I remember I listened to it a lot when it came out. I was like, yeah, this is great. This is exactly what I need. Put it away for a while. Put it on again to write the Hardwired chapter, and I was like, this is really good. And I was like, you yeah. know, I, this is like my running record now. And this is like, I yeah. really like this, but, um, but I still think, uh, one of the most exciting things about it is that there are still, it's, you know, better than death magnetic and that there are still, um, yeah. they're still, you know, moving ahead and that they're still doing new things. And that's one of the things I think about 72 seasons. I really look forward to hearing people whose first record was 72. <laughs> seasons right. Be like, yeah. You know, that was my. You saw the seventy-two seasons tour. What was that like? Yeah, I'm, I really like it. So, yeah. um, I knew um, my three-year-old had been um, exposed to too much Metallica when um, I was listening to seventy-two seasons in the car. And I, I mean, brand new album just came out. I knew that she had never heard the song before because she's three, and the album had just come out. And it's and she goes, "Dad, stop listening to Metallica." <laughs> <laughs> And I was wow. like, all right, all right. I go, yeah. like, that's a good ear back there. That's a good ear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, wow, yeah. But, you know, she will remember that the way that, like, I remember my parents listening to, like, the Traveling Wilburys. Oh, yeah, like yeah. And just, you know, she'll, yeah. she'll have that pocket. And, and what's funny is when I became, um, you know, uh, uh, once I grew up and came up a certain age, I circled back to a lot of my parents' music, you know? Like, I remember yeah. growing up and having Elton John play in the house. And when I was a kid, I didn't, yeah. I didn't listen to Elton John. I love Elton John now, you know? And, yeah. and, and so like, I wonder how much of that will stick with them. You know, like they'll be, you know, in their thirties yeah. being like, yeah, I want to listen to Metallica. I remember my dad always playing in the house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, some of that's just getting old and some of that's getting appreciated, but it's, um, yeah, it's funny much. Cause I remember specifically, I tried to get into Elton John because Axl Rose loved him. Yeah. And I was like, okay, see what this is. And I was like, not, not really for me, right? right. And then, like, in my 30s, I got to really love Elton John. And, yeah. Um, I actually was Elton John professionally online for about a year. I was, uh, I ran Elton John's MySpace page. Oh, wow. <laughs> that is amazing. Uh, yeah, I, but now, now I, I like him. I, I love that video of him on uh, on Howard Stern talking to Metallica. Oh, yeah. Just, like, you know, yeah, tears flowing, yeah. yeah. What, what, a great, what a great video. Um, Do you think, you know, if, we're talking about current Metallica and, you know, the... Who knows what the future holds for them in a year? Never mind five years, ten years, and hopefully there's. I mean, I, hopefully they're still going when they're seventy, seventy-five. If they, yeah. you know, um, any do do you think you'll revisit the book when there's more to write about down the road? Do a a second part, maybe yeah. tackle like future chapters and. Um. Yeah, you know, uh, I remember um, there, there's a Kirk Hammett quote I actually think about a lot where he talked about. Um, them all coming out and he's like i remember i got the test pressing and i was like nobody can hear this like this is awful this doesn't sound like jimmy page like i hate myself i just don't i don't no 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 like put, put the record away yeah and he's like, after a few months like, i took a breath and it's like it's out 
that's that record is me and people just have to deal with it and that's kind of how it was with the book where it's yeah. like you know oh god there's stuff i should change and so i should you know oh no yeah, and then yeah, like yeah. about a year i was like okay the book is out the world didn't end and you know, <laughs> yeah. people you know yeah. and, and i get like i you know i get lovely emails from metallica fans being like oh that book's great and i, yeah. I just and it's, it's so touching but um uh yeah, I honestly would. I, you know, we're talking about seventy-two seasons. I'm like, what are my seventy-two seasons chapter? <laughs> right. I, um, yeah, I think that if it does, you know, I know that uh, Joel McIver updated um, Justice for All, yeah. and uh, yeah, I think that if the book uh, does well, I would happily be like a tenth anniversary edition with like some bonus chapters. I would, ha- I would happily do that. Yeah, that'd be exciting. And you have um, an upcoming book about body yep. count. Yeah, it's for the 33 Absurd series, which I actually was, um, my first Metallica book pitch in 2008 was I pitched a book to the 33 and Third series about the Black Album. Right. And I kind of threw my, I'd just been laid off, I threw like my heart and soul into that pitch and it got rejected and I was hurt. <laughs> but I, yeah. years later I got the Metallica book I wanted out, so that was much better. But uh, yeah, I got to write about body count and uh, do interviews. Um, in the Metallica world, I spoke with uh, Matt Mahern. Okay, who directed yeah. The, uh, who directed um, a bunch of the music videos and did the um, the Saint Anger um, Angel artwork? Yeah, cool. A really nice, really cool dude. So um, yeah, and I talked to you know the guys in the band and got stories. It's been uh, it's been really exciting just to talk to like punk and metal and hip hop heroes. And you know, yeah, will be out in September. So, yeah. Awesome. Um, where can everybody find you online? What's the best part to uh, best spot I've to got, find your uh, books? I've got a, uh, well, you can buy the book, you know, Bloomsbury on Bookshop, on your local independent bookstore, order it, support those indie bookstores. Um, you can find me on uh, uh, Bapatoff at Twitter, B-A-P-A-T-O-F-F, and my Instagram is uh, Metallica Book, and um, that's mainly book stuff, so I've been posting body count book stuff too, but I still post Metallica stuff there and, you know, anniversaries and thoughts. I'm going to be writing something about the 40th anniversary of Kill 'Em All. And uh, so, yeah, come uh, connect. Uh, shout out. I never get tired of talking about Metallica. I was worried when I put the book together that I would get sick of Metallica. I honestly, like, <laughs> just ruined it for me. Like, just like, yeah. you know, doing this book for three years and just like agonizing over it and like, you know, staring at the screen trying to make words come out. And it didn't. I love Metallica yeah. now, so um, I'm happy to talk Metallica with anyone who wants to come. In. Do you think it changed your relationship with the band, though, as a fan doing the book? Yeah, yeah, it definitely did. It, um, you know, I uh, I've always been. I mean, I've been a big fan for a long time. They, you know, they hit me at that special spot in middle school and high school, and you know, they've stayed with me and I've grown with them the way that you've said, but. Um, yeah, I remember I went the first time I seen them after the book was that um that 40th anniversary show in San Francisco. Yeah. And I um I remember like, you know, all the lights going out and the um um uh, sorry, the Neo Marconi uh, Ecstasy of Gold playing and then like the fade into hit the lights starting and like and I just like started getting like uh and it was just yeah. like it changes the way you feel about it. when you invest you know, being like a super fan is obviously important, but like when you invest like three years in your life, like researching and reading about and writing a book mm-hmm. about them and, you know, just like struggling with it and like, what does this mean and why is it so important to so many people? And like, when you just get that in depth with it, like you just, I wish like everyone got to write a book about the thing they love because yeah. you just, um, it, uh, it makes you, it gets you so close to that thing and you're like, and just feeling that close. It's like, you know, that's Metallica when yeah. you come out. And, uh, right. Yeah, it's really them, you know. And, right. Uh, so yeah, it, it it definitely I think brought me closer to the band. Yeah, I asked because I I've had a similar experience putting together the podcast, you know, and being able to interview different authors like yourself and you know people close with the band and you know artists from other bands and um, you know the people who were there on the ground floor and you know back in the day and everything and just hearing different stories and you know or, or just doing an album or review you know and like like you did the chapters you know I, i'll do I, I did two lulu episodes like i said so i was listening to a lot of lulu so you can't help but like you know kind of change uh your perspective change a bit or your relationship change with the band um i mean yeah one more thing i say is that they're um i i, I look at the metallica the permanent puzzle you know is that um you know, when we think about like 
the the books that get taught again and again in school, whether it's like Moby Dick or Ulysses, it's the ones that you can't figure out, right? Right. It's the ones that always have something to say. If you figure out the book, you're not going to read it anymore. Like, okay, yeah, like, true. I, I beat the video game, right? Like, I'm not going to play it anymore, right? Yeah. But it's um, Metallica never stops having something to say, and even the old records never stop having. And like, there's always they, they're a permanent puzzle. They always give us room to talk about and explore and discuss and and understand the world through them. And um, yeah, that's why, why why people don't get sick of them. I think that's a beautiful way to end this episode. And uh, make sure you give Ben Apatoff a follow. I'll have links in the episode description uh, to make it easy for all you listeners. Please follow Metallicast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MetallicastPod. Uh, maybe I'll be joining Threads soon. Are you uh, the the new uh, the, the, the new I, Twitter? Know, it, it took me so long to get any social media. I'm like hesitant to get anything else. But, uh, Here's, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. I was like, no Twitter. No, I'm on Twitter. No Instagram. Yeah. No. I'm on but it's, uh, here's my problem i it, it's owned by meta and i hate using facebook and i hate using instagram i find it such a like i find it so tedious like i i use a bare minimum for the podcast and that's like it mm-hmm. i do enjoy twitter for all the ugly that's on there but it's a good way to interact with people but anyways follow me on there at metallicast pod look for the links in the episode description to follow ben apatoff and uh, a special shout out to bison who does the uh intro music for metallicast and uh Make sure you follow the links in the description to give them some support as well. Um, until next time, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Ben, I I always end the podcast saying, mail up your ass, yeah, yeah, and my best Hatfield impression. I, and I, 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 I don't, I, some guests, you know, say no, and that's okay, but I always put the guests on the spot. Would you like to do it? Would you like to have the honors? Do you have a good James Hatfield impression inside of you? I, I have an impression. I don't, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Another thing I say in the book is that everybody who has any familiarity with rock radio in the last 30 years has a James impression. <laughs> yeah. You say yeah, yeah, you know who that is, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, metal up your ass. Yeah. So, <laughs> That's a good one. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's not experts.